Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Charles Sabansi from the Dreamers Pro Show, and we want to welcome you guys to the Dreamers Pro Podcast, where we cover everything from sports, hot topics, classic debates, entertainment, and where we give you guys a fresh perspective on things and how we see them. Now, let's get started with the first topic of today's show. Let me get into this content here. So, I've been doing a little bit of running around and um, <clears throat> been catching some of the news here and there, and one of the more popular shows... Uh, what is it in sports is, uh, at least in basketball, uh, is Gills Arena. Very popular show whenever they go live. And, and they do it live, like live, like live, 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 right? Like <clears throat> whenever they go live, they get at least 10, 12, sometimes 14, 15,000 people watching them uh, as they do their live shows. So obviously they got a great show going on there. But what I've noticed uh, as I've been watching this show is that Gilbert Arenas is a hater. He he, he a Michael Jordan hater, bro. I gotta call it what it is. He know, but he know. He know. He had a, he a, he a MJ hate. Like he, I know Gilbert Arenas deep down wishes MJ was trash so he could really. He, but he's like, this dude is actually really good. So I'm a hate, but I wish I could go even harder. Because I, you know, like if, if he was if he wasn't trash, right? So what happened? Uh, Gil actually did a live about us uh, the other day because I, you know, I told him he's a hater, but he know he be hating. He know he know he be hating. So what happened? I came across a clip of Gilbert Arenas talking about how Michael Jordan um, and the Washington Wizards ended up parting ways. How it was? It, I mean, it was just it it, it it was a situation that absolutely wasn't um, amicable. They, they both parties. Then find a way to work it out, and Jordan left there, and he was pretty pissed off. And basically, Jordan was voted off the island. The players didn't want him there. Uh, management didn't want him there, right? So as Gilbert Arenas is discussing that, he then gets off into another point, talking about you know what MJ was doing at the you know what MJ did as the wizard. I, oh, I did more. No, they were like they sent me to basically erase what Michael Jordan did, you know, and, you know, I was able to take the Wizards to the playoffs. And, I, and I'm like, yo, is, is Gil trying to say, like, he, well, like, what you, what you, what you trying to say? You was mad at I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, so that's what he was doing. But before we even get into his comments, this video is brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Prize Picks, the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. Prize Picks is really simple. Instead of just selecting a team, you just select two or more players, pick more or less their projected stats, and then you place your entry. For example, this week, I'm selecting two entries. Stephen Curry for more than 25 points. And then I got Anthony Davis for more than two blocks. And Damian Lillard for more for more than four three-pointers made. PricePix is also the only daily sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So, for example, if you have a player who gets injured in the first half and doesn't return to the second half, that player gets automatically rebooted. What I also love about Price Picks is that it offers weekly promotions like Taco Tuesdays. Each Tuesday, Price Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. So go to PricePicks.com/CLNS and use code CLNS for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's go to PricePicks.com/CLNS use code CLNS for a first deposit match to, of up to $100. And once again, once you support this sponsor, you're supporting this channel. Thank you. So what we want to do is want to play exactly what Gilbert Arenas had to say on his show as he tried to take a shot at, at Jordan and fail. Uh, then we're going to come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to what Gilbert Arenas had to say here. 
So again, when you left the Warriors for the Wizards, you also had, a, I believe, an offer from the Clippers as well. Was it just based on the total value of the bag? Was that the determining factor, or did you give any serious thought? Different Clippers time, obviously, at that stage in life, different ownership. No, I mean, you know, we was negotiating. You know, we, we came out the gate talking about we want the max, right? You know, just asking for the max, you know. Um, Clippers asked, you know, it was 55 million out, just look at you, 55, right? You know, it was 51, Clippers came to 55. Uh, Miami was hesitant to pay on paying a young dude, right? Um, Brian Russell opted out of his wizard contract to come play for the Lakers. Mm -hmm. Salary cap went up, um, Wizards had 64. So when I went there, they said, um, he said, if you get me out of this Jordan era, you're taken care of. Mm. Right? So I didn't even go back to renegotiate. All I heard was, mm. you get me out of this, like, yeah, erase yeah. Jordan's name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the, you think about me, it's the competition of uh -huh. it. Uh -huh. right? <laughs> it's just a competition. Erase Jordan's name, uh, and you, back. cool. Like, that was yeah. playing, like, the idea of playing home, right? Being distracted. I didn't, I didn't want that idea. Like, the coin flipping all that shit. Think about it. Mm -hmm. I flipped the coin. It landed Clippers. I go. I just did the opposite. You still said no. Right. It was. I just right. did the opposite. It was. Right. It was more like me being somewhere else. Don't know anybody. I just got to put in the work. Me being here, all my friends and all that. I was like, uh, you know, I'll be out of the league before anything. Yeah. I'd rather just. Yeah. Like I, I tasted fame. Okay. I tasted like the hard work and what it took, and 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 saw the reward mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. Right. Two years. 12 months of basketball, yeah. and I got paid 64 million. That's, yeah. But you mean that's what I? That's what I, I felt. It wasn't the money aspect because, you know, it was like, oh, I, I, I did this one, um, most improved, one, um, uh, soft rookie, sophomore, All Star, MVP, right? It was like, oh, I, I, I want more. But Gilbert, why would the Wizards want to erase MJ's legacy? Isn't he the goat? No, I, they just had a big falling out. Okay. Right. You know. And, you know, I know people, you know, try to pretend that it didn't happen. But when he went there, you know, it was the, the gain ownership. Um, and, you know, he, he got rid of, like, the Rip Hamiltons and all the, mm -hmm. the, the young guys, Courtney Alexander, Popeye Jones, which is not old. I mean, which is not young. But it was to build a playoff team to make it to the playoffs, right? And then he was going to go into management. Um, and, you know... How he was dealing with the players, they didn't like the idea that this is how he, they're being dealt with as the player version of him. What happens as the owner version of him? So the, the team had a, a meeting and basically said, we don't want him here. Oh. We, don't wanna, we don't want him to be our owner. So, mm. you know, Mr. Poland basically said, well, I mean, the players voted. So they gave him, he, when he had the meeting with MJ, gave him that check and said, you know, the team don't want you. Gave him $10 million, MJ that left. Mm. Damn. So, so MJ was you know, so he was getting he was getting killed. So he was uh, Mr. Poland was getting killed because of the MJ thing. So, oh. you know, yeah. so he was like, yeah, you know, just erase his name out of here. Let people start talking about mm. bet. That's a bar, Gil. He ain't telling nobody yeah. that. Bet. So you heard what Gilbert Arenas had to say there. Now, as I was listening to Gilbert, I began to think to myself. I said, Yo, hola, hola, hola. He talking about Jordan like, you're talking about a 39-year-old, right? You're talking about a 39-year-old. And I'm like, uh, here's the difference. The person you were talking about was damn near 40 years old. It wasn't like as if we were talking about a young MJ. And I went back to look at Gilbert Arenas' stats when he first joined the Washington Wizards, right? And I then said, let's look at the type of basketball player uh, Gilbert Arenas was at the age of 22, in the NBA. At the age of 22, Gilbert Arenas was already playing for the Washington Wizards. That year, he averaged 19.6 points per game on 39% shooting, 37.5% shooting from the three. He was attempting a legitimate six threes a game. Uh, he was shooting 74.8, let me say 75% from the free throw line while getting you 3.6, no, 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 while getting you 4.6 rebounds. That's very good for a point guard. Uh, five assists and 1.9 steals and 0.2 blocks. And I was like, okay, okay. I'm like, let me look back at a 22-year-old Michael Jordan. What would Michael Jordan have done, 
right? Because Gilbert Arenas was getting hype. So let me go look back at what Jordan was doing at the age of 22. Well, at the age of 22, Jordan was averaging 28 points per game, shooting 51% from the field, 17% from the three. I think he only attempted one three-point shot that year because he attempted 0.1, made 0.6. He shot 84.5% from the free throw line, got you 6.5 rebounds, 5.9 assists, and 2.4 steals with 0.8 blocks. So obviously, quite obviously, uh, if Gilbert Arenas and Michael Jordan were at the same age, I think it would be pretty, pretty easy to surmise that Jordan would have done a whole lot better than Gilbert Arenas would have done had they been put in the same situation at the same age. Here's the fundamental difference. Jordan was losing in the first round to Mikhail, Larry Bird, uh, and these guys, and Gilbert Arenas was losing to who? LeBron and these boys? You didn't even need to win 50 games to make it into the playoffs in the Eastern. They, they, the Eastern Conference was so bad. But as I'm listening to him, I got to ask the question. I got to say it, Gil. You pretty, pretty bold to be talking like this about the greatest player to ever play your sport. You got a lot of balls, I got to say. I mean, to be talking about Michael Jordan the way you talk about him, you would think that he was just some dude. It's unbelievable. It takes a lot, a lot of courage to do that. I got to hand it to you. All I know is that Jordan, the moment he walked into the NBA, he was an all-star. The moment he walked out, he was an all-star. Kobe is saying thing. Kobe was an all-star as a rookie. Walked out as a rookie. I mean, walked out as an all-star, right? So, listen, uh, him doing that, Gil is being funny. He's being funny. Because to compare a 22-year-old version of him to a 39-year-old version of Michael Jordan uh, is laughable. And to add further ins- more, more insult to it, Jordan actually put up better numbers at 39 than Gilbert Arenas put up at 22. Ooh, did I say that out loud? Yes, I did. I already read you Gilbert Arenas' stats. Let me give you Jordan's stats at the age of 39 years old. At 39 years old, Jordan was scoring 23 points per game on 41.6% shooting from the field, 18% from the three, 19% from the three, 79% from the free throw line, uh, what is it? 79% from the free throw line, blah, 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 getting you what? 5.7 rebounds, 5.2 assists and 1.4 steals. So Jordan actually had better numbers than Gilbert Arenas at 39. At 39. So the question really becomes, do you think you could have averaged those numbers at 39 that Jordan was averaging back then when the average score of an NBA game was about hundred points per game? Let's stop. Gil, stop hating on the goat, man. Stop hating on the goat. Stop hating on the go. You need, we don't believe you. You need more people, man. You, you need we need more people. For me, for you to talk about MJ, you got to be like a top fifty, not even top forty. Come on, man. Gil, come on, stop hating. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. <laughs> Gilbert Arenas who always hating on uh, uh, Michael Jordan. So you know Gilbert Arenas is a Michael Jordan. Hey, why he does it, I don't know why. I don't know why Gilbert Arenas said to himself, you know what, I'm going to go after the best player in this sport and I'm going to try to convince people that the people are bad. I'm like, of all the players, you could have gone after Kobe, you could have gone after Tim Duncan, you could have gone after uh, 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 Larry Bird, you could have gone after Magic Johnson. He went past all of these people like, you know, I'm going to go at Jordan. And then to go at him, and bring a player that's far uh, that he's far more superior than. But nevertheless, Gilbert Arenas tries to make these uh, terrible arguments about why he believes LeBron James is in the same universe as Jordan, and I don't think so. I'm on, I'm saying it. I'm saying it right. I don't think it's close. Y'all can be up there twerking it up, knocking over drinks. I don't feel that way. There's some people that like to be politically correct, like I used to. I don't think it's close. Let me just say that. If I don't, I don't. I'm sorry. I don't think it's close at all. Like I don't think. I think Jordan is like in another universe. This is just my. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't think it's close. But you know, Gilbert Arenas has been on this campaign of hating on Jordan, on Gil's Arena. So what happened recently? Gilbert Arenas was on his show, and he was trying to criticize Michael Jordan for not being able to uplift. Uh, the Washington Wizards at the age of 39, the way LeBron has been uplifting the Lakers, even though I don't know what he means by that. But anyway, and he says that why didn't Jordan get enough criticism? So for those of you who didn't hear his comments, want to quickly play them for you now and then we're going to come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to what Gilbert Arenas tried to say here. When Michael Jordan 
was playing with the Wizards that second year and he bringing all those vests to try to win some games, they were supposed to be a playoff seed. When they right. were losing, no one talked bad about Michael Jordan. No one said nothing. They just let him do his thing. Exactly. Oh, so why y'all not doing it for this 39-year-old? Because he expected to win when the GOAT didn't. They supposed to win 48 games. They had high hopes for that second year and they fell short and no one blamed Michael Jordan for it because his age. So you heard what he had to say. Now, what happened? He says that, and I think that was on his Instagram. Then I come across an article from fadeawayworld.net that then went out there to highlight uh, an article which basically said Brendan Haywood, who's one of Gilbert Arenas' former teammates, actually pushed back on Gilbert Arenas for his ridiculous comments. And I want to show it to you here. He said, in response to that, he said, uh, MJ didn't have Anthony Davis on his team or anybody remotely close to his level of talent. Now, what he just said is what most basketball fans that don't rub honey all over themselves and twerk it up all over the place know. So for those of us who are aware of this and we hear this, we laugh because like this is this is ridiculous. Gilbert Arenas is talking like as if we don't know what happened 20 years ago. He always makes fun of me about Google. Maybe he uses Bing. I don't know, whatever. He must have something against Google. Maybe they blocked him. I don't know. Maybe they. Maybe he can't open up a Gmail account. I don't know what happened. But anybody who has a computer can punch this up immediately and figure out that what he's saying is laughable. What are you talking about? Who were the top 75 guys Jordan was playing? As a matter of fact, let me go to the roster of the Washington Wizards. Uh, let's look at what year is this? Pa, 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 pa. This is the 2001-2002 season. Okay, let's look at some of these Hall of Famers. Courtney Alexander, Kwame Brown, Hubert Davis, Richard Hamilton, who was who was a great player for the uh, Detroit Pistons, obviously. Brandon Haywood, Popeye Jones, Michael Jordan, Christian Laettner, Tyron Lue, uh, Tyron Nebsby, Bobby Simmons, Ian Thomas, Jahadi White, uh, Chris Whitney. Where are the top 50 guys on this list? Where are the top 10 guys on this list? Where are the top 75 guys on this list? Where are they? Where? We can go back a few years earlier where LeBron was even younger than 39. He was playing with who? Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, Carmelo Anthony, Dwight Howard. A few years prior, Rajon Rondo. Where were these players that Jordan was playing? So when Gilbert says this, I got to sit back and believe that Gilbert must know that his audience is not very well studied when it comes to basketball. Because it's only people that don't know this that you can get this over on. I can't, I cannot, I cannot comprehend a normal informed basketball fan listening to this and say, oh man, he makes a great point. I can't, I can't fathom it. I can't. You mean compare the teams? What are we talking about here? And to this day, he's still playing with Anthony Davis. To this day. So I gotta ask the question: why is Gilbert Arenas doing this? We actually put up a poll on our channel. Uh let me say, how long ago did we do this? Pa, 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 pa. We put up a poll two hours ago. And the question was the following: Do you believe Gilbert Arenas secretly works for Clutch Sports? Out of the 3,000 voters, 72% said yes, 90, uh, 28% said no, right? And some people are like, oh, how could you say this? How could you say this? Here's, if you notice something, you notice Gilbert Arenas got more respect for Rich Paul than he do for Michael Jordan? Why? Gilbert Arenas got more respect for Rich Paul than he does for Michael Jordan. The person they spend all day long com comparing to. If there was no MJ, they would have nobody to talk about. Do you realize Gilbert Arenas got more respect for Rich Paul than Michael Jordan? Why is that? Why is that? He just recently said that um, he uh, trained, he used to train uh, LeBron James' son, Bronny James. He said that Bamani Jones is on the show there. He, 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 so he knows LeBron, obviously. He said when they were playing in the playoffs, they used to go out, hang out at LeBron's house, and which I cannot even believe. We're in the playoffs and we're competing and I'm going to your house? What? But that's what they were doing. Listen, uh, the Michael Jordan slander got to stop. The reason it has to stop is because no one is being convinced. The only, Listen, the only people that think this is an argument are LeBron fans. That's, that's all. 
Kobe fans don't think it is. Jordan fans don't think it is. Tim Duncan fans don't think it is. Magic Johnson fans don't think it is. Uh, uh, Larry Bird fans. It's only LeBron fans that actually think this is something. Like, man, we, we on to something here. We got him. We got him rolling. Now you ain't got nothing. No basketball. Nobody. Nobody thinks that. Nobody. Gills Arena is not the, the basketball fans. It's not. Nobody thinks this. Nobody. And you know who else isn't thinking? Gilbert Arenas. Gilbert Arenas does not think that LeBron is better. He does not think that. Do you know why he doesn't think that? Because he can't make an argument for why he would think that. I challenge Gilbert Arenas to make a show on his channel, on Gil's Arena, his smaller channel, whatever it is, No Chill Gil. You do a show and explain to the audience what you believe makes LeBron a better basketball player than Mike. I can assure you he will not be able to do it. He cannot do it. The only way he can do it is by bringing up points about, oh, well, you see what Jordan was doing as a GM? Do you see the way he walks? Did you look at his cigars? You know, LeBron built a school. Jordan didn't build a school. What does that really mean? The, the irrelevant points. If we're talking about basketball, he, it's impossible. The only people that believe that on that show is him and the moderator. That's it. That's all. Kenny and Martin don't believe it. Brandon Jennings don't believe it. Rashard McCann don't believe it. Bomani Jones don't believe it. You can bring on Rich Paul. Only bring on Rich Paul. He believe it. Who else? Who else would believe that? Well, nobody. Nobody. So to me, listen, uh, we got to stop with the Michael Jordan hate. Do you know why? Because it's getting y'all nowhere. Y'all are not making up ground. Y'all are not convincing anybody except LeBron fans who be sitting up there twerking it up, rubbing honey all over themselves. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. Coming into this year, I want to start experiment. We want to start experimenting and talk about uh, talking about other things, uh, broader topics, not just sports, and just really expanding the audience. Uh, and we also believe that uh, some of the people that are already basketball followers, people that follow sports, also share a similar interest as well in topics like this. So that's one of the reasons. And number two, just things that I think about, things that I have opinions on. And I said, hey, why not? Sh why not express my views on it? So what happened? As you guys know, Vlad, DJ Vlad, is one of the biggest channels on YouTube huge platform been at it for about 10 15 years now uh has over 5.5 million subscribers i believe gets about 60 million views a month a pretty a very big juggernaut uh and uh in the media space also has his website very big uh news outlet for hip-hop and pop culture and all of that right we all know who vlad is and various people think various things about vlad uh in his tv some people don't like his interview style some people don't like the fact that he interrupts his guests and talks over them but they're various people that think different things anyway so what happened um vlad recently had on math hoffa who i'm sure some of you know but he's pretty big too i think he has about a million subscribers now uh, math hoffa is a is a is a, is a, is a, a pr pretty big deal so they were talking about a range of things and what i like about math hoffa on vlad is that math always pushes back on vlad he's not up there twerking it up for vlad and agreeing with him because some people just be happy to be in the room but math hoffa be pushing back <laughs> he'd be having like he'd be ready to go back at Vlad. so what happened recently um hollywood actress uh taraj p henson who we all know at least some of us know who's been acting for god knows how long um has a extremely expansive uh, uh um uh, catalog uh, and she's been doing, she's been doing um a, a lot a lot of a lot of movies a lot, a lot of movies um one of the best actresses out there she recently came out and began to lament uh the fact that she was unhappy that women of color uh were not being paid what she believes they uh, they deserved she was on Sirius XM and she got pretty pretty emotional about it so what we want to do is want to play some of her comments uh, on that show and then we're gonna come back and continue on the show take a listen to what she had to say here and i heard on the street taraji you had the audacity to say you're thinking about getting stopping acting we said stop talking hmm. are you thinking about it um i'm just tired of working so hard being gracious at what i do getting paid a fraction of the cost I'm tired of hearing my sister say the same thing over and over. 
um, you get tired. Mm-hmm. I hear people go, you work a lot. Yeah. Well, have to. Mm-hmm. The math ain't mathing. And when you start working a lot, you know, you have a team. Mm -hmm. Big bills come with what we do. We don't do this alone. The -hmm. fact that we're up is a whole entire team behind us. They have to get paid. So when you hear someone saying, oh, such and such made $10 million. No, that's not that. That didn't make it to their account. Mm -hmm. Know that off the top, Uncle Sam is getting 50%. That's right. Okay? Mm-hmm. So do the math. Mm-hmm. Now we have 5 million. Mm-hmm. Your team is getting 30% or whatever your team is getting off of what you grossed. Sometimes not more. after what Uncle Sam took. Now do the math. Mm-hmm. So I just, I'm, I'm, a, I'm only human. And, and mm-hmm. it seems every time I do something and I break another glass ceiling, when it's time to renegotiate, I'm at the bottom again mm-hmm. like I never mm-hmm. did what mm-hmm. I just did. And I'm just mm-hmm. tired. tired. I'm tired. So you heard what uh, you heard what she had to say there. She, you know, she expressed her views. She didn't mince words. Um, she was pretty clear on what she felt about then uh, felt about the situation. Then uh, Vlad out of nowhere caught a whiff of these comments because he does talk news. I went on his Twitter. He posts about news and all of that. And Vlad took it upon himself to then basically interject his opinions uh, into the conversation and he basically disagreed with her right vehemently disagreed with her and during his sit down with math hoffa they were discussing this and they got into an argument and vlad was expressing the reasons why he didn't agree with what uh she was saying so for those of you who didn't hear that exchange i want to quickly play some of it uh for you guys now and then we're going to come back and continue on the show take a listen to what vlad and math hoffa had to say about this particular situation here When it comes down to this, there is one entity that puts up the money and puts up all the risk, all the risk. When I interview somebody and they get an appearance fee and this studio that you're in is very expensive and the staff that's filming it are skilled and I pay them accordingly. Right. And they have medical insurance that I pay for. Right. And paid holidays that I pay for. Right. And other benefits. Right. And, you know, all the equipment they need to do their job. Right. And the appearance fees that I pay the person who sits sits down. And listen, like, 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 for example, like Dominique Wilkins, right? He came in, legendary basketball player. He got paid a nice appearance fee. The interview lost money. It's not it's not Dominique's fault. He he did. He answered all the questions. But 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 Dominique got paid, right? Huh? He got paid. He got paid. Okay. Did he come back and say, yo, Vlad, I know you lost so, some money. So Here's half my appearance feedback. Yeah, no, nobody no, no, would I ever no, ask no, him for no, that. Nobody's doing I, that. Nobody's I doing took that. all the risk, right. and therefore, I pay people what I feel is fair so the company can continue to function where we can make some profit. But it's hand in hand, Vlad. So well, all I'm if saying is if Taraji If I come in here and pull shiesty and I just sit here staring at you. Right. Rich the Kid did pretty much that but, in our but interview. It's, it's, right. Did you, do you appreciate that? No. Okay, it's hand in hand, bro. We there's a partnership. There's a partnership. You there's a part- you, you you have all this. You record the moment. But what person is taking all the financial risk? And the person who's taking the financial risk should, ultimately should ultimately make more. Should but make it more. shouldn't be to the point where, come on, bro. But it nobody nobody's like, forcing the person to say I'm going to accept this offer. They could say, listen, it's not enough money. Lots of times I've negotiated with people. It, hey, it's, it's not enough lie, money. Cool. Vlad, it's the lie. The lie? What it's lie? the lie that when you get into the industry, people tell you, yo, you get to this level and you get to this level and you're going to get to this level and you just, you, 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 that was a great movie. Watch one day you're going to get to this level. And then they, they reach a ceiling and they're like, wait a minute. You know what happens when you reach a ceiling? It's time for you to go around and go take the stairs to get to a higher floor. Some or find of us, where the elevator is. I understand, and I've seen, I've seen the comments. You don't People, got the answers, Vlad. <laughs> you don't got the answers. I do have the answers. You don't got the answers. At the point where you say, you don't Listen, got the answers. By me being an actor or an actress, I'm not getting what I want. Do you Maybe think it's Kanye, time for do me you to be think, a producer? Do you think or me Yeezys, to be a director? Do you think Yeezys would be as big as they are if Kanye took Sway's advice and went independent? No. No. Why? 
because these guys control up here. They control that shit. They're not going to let you get there unless they're making a profit, profit off. Yeezy, well, yay, he knew that. Sway didn't know that. Yay knew that. That's the whole reason why when they get to that, they told me I could get up there, but I'm not. I'm, I think I'm at the top of and, my game. And Kanye became but a billionaire. I'm not there. Kanye became a billionaire through his partnership with Adidas. Yes. Right? Yes, he did. With Adidas. When he was, when he was with Nike, they were putting out these little limited edition Yeezys with him, and he was getting very little money because there wasn't any money to be had, right? When you make 10,000 sneakers, how much money? You're going to pay someone but, 100 but million? What, what, he was, 10, what he was sneakers? getting was that brand. Yeah. He got that, okay. My name is synonymous now with, with these Nike. sneakers. With Nike. Now, now I could parlay now into it's a here. deal with Adidas. Now, he knew he had to do that. Right. And now he's putting out his own sneakers. So right? when you sit there Those and be like, sock things. Well, make your own movies. No, bro. So you heard the exchange between uh the two of them. Obviously, uh Math Hoffa was pushing back there. Then what happened? Um they're sitting down and they're talking. Um, Vlad disagrees. And as you guys know, Vlad brings on a lot of repeat guests like Boozy uh, and, and others. And then he brings on a regular uh, in TK Kirkland, who's always on the show, always has great interviews. And I just clicked on his video today by happenstance, right? I wasn't something I was looking to do. I clicked on it. And the title said, TK Kirkland on Cat Williams calling Kevin Hart an industry plan. Now, if you know anything about TK Kirk, I believe he's in his, uh, um, I believe he's in his 60s, mid 60s or so, or 70s. It could be in his 60s, but he takes fantastic care of himself. Uh, and they were he was asking him to react to what Cat Williams had to say about Kevin Hart. And as he was talking, he began to break down to Vlad what it's like to be a colored person and the experience of being a colored person uh, in Hollywood. Right, which was basically reinforcing the positions, <laughs> the uh, what is it, the positions that uh, Taraj B Henson was expressing in the audio that we played for you uh, a few minutes ago. So what we want to do is want to quickly play what TK Kirkland had to say to Vlad TV as he basically fact checked him to his face, and then we're gonna come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to what he had to say here. Well, he went at a ton of people. Yes. Now he went at Kevin Hart. Yes. Uh, and the two of them kind of had a, a thing now for a while. Right. Because right. I went back to some of my old footage and, you know, he yeah. talked about They've Kevin going back in it. 2013. Mm -hmm. He called him an industry plant. Right. He said that he already had movies lined up by the mm -hmm. time he moved to L.A. No one's ever seen him on the comedy circuit. And he was just planted like that. Now, I don't even really know what that means. That, that Here's the thing about stories. And that's why it's so interesting because we're talking about a world that doesn't know about Hollywood. So if you have someone that can talk convincingly and, I, are, and that's a great speaker, they have the ability to convince you what they want you to believe. Mm. There is no such thing as an industry plan. No. That ain't happening. Right. You have to actually put hard work into this business yeah. and you have to be very, very lucky like hitting the lottery. Because um, there are a lot of great stand-up comedians, not, but no one's never getting the opportunity. When I do panels of people who want to get into Hollywood, and they say, "TK, how can I make it?" I truly convince people to go the other direction. Me too, because you don't you don't want to be in Hollywood, yeah, especially for African Americans. And let me tell the fans why. If you if I tell everybody around the world right now to do a research paper on black actors and black actresses in Hollywood, you will come back with a horrific story of disappointment and depression. This is just the way the world is. Mm -hmm. we, we are basically swimming against the current in this business. So when one makes it, instead of the other person congratulating them, we live in a world now because we have social media, we attack a person that's on top. So you heard what he had to say, right? Let me give you guys my thoughts on listening to Vlad say what he had to say. First of all, I'm going to be honest with you guys. It didn't sit well with me uh, listening to that Vlad talk. Um, it didn't, right? It didn't. It seemed as if he was a bit cavalier about how serious the situation was from the vantage point 
of uh, Taraj P. Henson and the vantage point of people that have been in similar circumstances that share her um, that share her background, not just, uh, you know, you know, from where she's from and all of that, but also ethnically, ethnically. And he seemed to just summarily dismiss it as if she was saying something that was just like it, it, it was it was something that doesn't exist in reality. And let me tell you why a lot of people would get annoyed with Vlad. And and I got to I don't pay too much attention to Vlad, to be honest with you, because talk sports. But here's the issue that I'm having listening to Vlad. Vlad is a I think he's a I think Vlad is Russian Jewish. I don't know exactly what his background is. But he said he's that. That's what he said because his name is Vladimir, and it's really annoying to hear somebody that comes from his background discuss these issues on such a big platform and talk like as if he has any clue of what the hell is really going on. How could Vlad have a clue? What movie role has Vlad ever tried to try out for? Or, 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 or go read a script for being a black man or a person of color. What was the movie? There was no movie. So how could you know what, how could you know what that experience is like? How? You don't know what that feels like. You've never been in that position. Now, what is interesting to me about Vlad is the following. Vlad <laughs> acts like he knows what it is to be black, but he's not. But he has figured out something quite uh, he's figured out something that he's used to his benefit, which is he has figured out a way to capitalize on the dysfunction within the black community and monetize it. Vlad is what, we, what you would call in high school an instigator. Vlad will sit down with you. He will ask you questions about person A, right? Talking to person B. He'll then go sit down with person B. And tell them, hey, this is what person A said about you. And then watch them go at it. And for him, what does it do? It, it makes for great content. Which means that he makes money. He makes money off of the friction of other people. Here's what gets me about Vlad. Why doesn't Vlad bring up people from, you know, with a Russian background and all, and Jewish background and all, and sit up here and talk about their problems? And talk about their dysfunctions? Why is your content predominantly about african-american music and african-american culture but then have the chutzpah word i'm sure you would know to then try to litigate people's feelings on various issues talking about no this is real and that's not real and you can't feel this way and this is made up what are you talking about he then went on to talk about, well, just go create your movie studio. What movie studio or movie has Vlad ever made for him to talk like as if he knows what goes into making a movie? It is crazy to me. Vlad has never made a Hollywood picture, yet he's saying, well, just go out there and make a Hollywood movie because you can do it. Really, Vlad, can you really, really do it? You have no experience doing it. So how do you feel so confident talking about it? To me, it's absolutely unbelievable that he would take this position. And then he actually believes like he's saying something. Oh, well, she has a $6 million house. What does that have to do with the price of tea in China? That has absolutely nothing. So she has a $6 million house. And so what? She worked hard to get it. And I'm sure she worked a lot harder than other people. I'm sure. So the fact of you saying she has a $6 million house, what does that have to do with anything? Did they give her that house? Let me talk some Nigerian pigeon to you. Did they dash her that house? Or did she not work for it? She worked for it, right? What she's saying is, I feel like I should be earning more based off of my tenure in the business and based off of what I see my peers earning. But Vlad is acting like as if he doesn't live in the universe. Vlad lives in Hollywood. And he acts like as if these things don't exist within the industry. Let me educate Vlad on something. Because he likes to research a lot of things. And I researched something for him. I am not sure, Vla I am not sure if uh, Vlad has heard of this person. It's an actress by the name of Hattie McDaniels. Okay, and I want to quickly read a little bit of information from Hattie McDaniels from BlackHistory.com. It says... When Hattie McDaniels won an Oscar, 
she was banned from sitting with her co-stars. Hattie McDaniel became the first black Oscar winner in 1940 for her portrayal of a slave named Mammy in the 1939 film Gone with the Wind. Sadly, though, when she attended the Academy Awards ceremony on Coconut Grove nightclub in the Ambassador's Hotel, she wasn't even allowed to sit with her co-stars. McDaniels arrived at the show with an escort and her agent, William, who was white. She was even dressed as a rhinestone studded out in a rhinestone studded out gown with white gardens in her hair. But this still didn't qualify her to sit at the at the Gone of the Wind table. Instead, she was escorted to a small table in the back room that was being used to store the Oscar tro uh, uh, award trophies. Apparently, the hotel, like most establishments at that time, had a strict no blacks policy. And a special exception had to be made for her to even attend the ceremony at all. Vlad, if you know this information, why would you then go out there and open up your ass and then make it seem as if these things that Taraj B. Henson is talking about and echoing do not exist within that industry? You lose me. You lose me. It's extremely offensive, lad. I'll speak for myself and others to listen to you talk on these things. You don't put out any positive content on blacks at all. At all. It is all negativity. All of it. It's not educational. It's all negativity. And to have the goal to sit up there and talk, well, just go out there and do it. What movie have you done? What movie have you done that you can sit up there and say what it's like? You're listening to Matt Hoffa in that interview. He's talking about the system. Vlad is acting like he doesn't know this. It's like somebody saying, hey, Vlad, I'm if Vlad complaining. I'm only getting a $2 CPM on YouTube and I'm doing all this and I'm doing all this work. I don't know what to do. And then somebody comes up, well, get off of YouTube then. Go start your own YouTube. You sound ignorant. I'm sick of Vlad talking about these topics because you're not qualified. I'm sorry you're not. And it's not as simple as you're making it out to be. It's not. It's not. For somebody that makes as much money off of black dysfunction as you, you would think in a particular moment like this, you would shut the hell up. You would go sit down and shut the hell up. Because I assume you would be offended if some black brother like me or whoever stood up and started talking about things going on that, 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 that your people are being of course you feel a type of way so i feel a type of way i feel a type of way. and anybody watching the show talking about your race man you can kiss my ass i'm telling you like it is get your head out of the sand we live on earth we live on earth i'm not here to uh, cry about it and you don't hear me crying about it but i know what's going on trust and believe i know what's going on it's just that i don't bitch about it because I'm a big boy and I can handle it. But I don't bitch about it. But we know what the hell is going on. To act like prejudice and these things don't exist. Do you live on planet Earth? Do you see what's happening around the world? Where you live at? So for Henry putting out those comments, I think is extremely ignorant. And I don't think he's qualified to talk about it. I just gave you an example. Uh, example. Uh, here. By going through this history. Uh, going through this. Going through this, uh, this article on Hattie McDaniel. Who's a Hollywood actress. And you sitting up there talking, well, just go make a movie. You go do it yourself. What time have you ever raised resources? And what the hell does it have to do about the fact, oh, the film is going to lose? That's business. If my rate is my rate, you're going to pay me. Whether or not your movie does well or not, what's that's my business? But you're going to pay me. If I'm supposed to be getting $20 million a picture and it doesn't do well, what the hell I got to do with me? I went out there and I performed my role. She's being paid to perform the role. So why are you talking about they took a loss? That's not her business. It's up to the next person to say, oh, wait a minute, this person's not successful at making movies. But that's not what she's discussing, is she? And that's not what you're discussing. You went up and said, oh, well, she has a $20 or $6 million house and I live in, and you talk talking about I live in California. Who cares? You're interjecting yourself. I live in, if you work hard and, and if you do this and you do that and then you do that. Vlad, sorry to break it to you. When we're talking about people that we want to aspire to be, ain't nobody looking at you. I'm sorry. Personally, I'm looking at people like Tony Alimalu. Ain't nobody looking at you. I'm sorry. Like, I'm sick of it listening to this dude say this. You got, you got some nerve. You got some nerve. With the amount of negative 
You know what that you put out on blacks? You got the nerve to sit up there and be talking about it? You got some nerve. You don't even know you're insulting your audience. And you love it. And some of you dudes tune in and watch it. Him sit around instigating people. I don't get it. If Boozy gonna boycott Gucci, boycott Vlad because he's doing the same thing. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. Recently, the Dallas Cowboys got eliminated uh, in the playoffs, and it <laughs> broke a lot of people's heart. I don't follow football like that, but I know a lot of people were pissed off because the Dallas Cowboys are the most successful. I think they're probably the most valuable American sports team. Yeah, I think they are. I think I think they're the most valuable sports team in the world. I could, I could be wrong, but the Dallas Cowboys are a big deal when it comes to you know, from monetarily. They have a lot of fans all over the world uh, that that follow them, right? And they're they're widely known as America's team. Now, some people disagree with that. Why are you calling them? That's irrelevant. That's what people think. So, what happened? The Dallas Cowboys went out there and they didn't perform well. Now, Michael Parsons, who I know a little bit about. Is one of the best defensive players uh, in the NFL. At one point, people were saying he is the best defensive player. So what happens? They go out there to lose the game. Dak, Dak Prescott, people are going out there saying whatever it, is, whatever it is they feel about him. I didn't even watch the game, but I heard what people uh, were saying about him. So what happened is you guys know Skip Bayless is a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. Whenever they win, he comes on there and slams on the table talking about, how about them Cowboys, right? <clears throat> And then they got Michael Irvin. He's on there as well, former Cowboy, uh, former Dallas Cowboy there. You know, so they're trying to really uh, tap into that market, <laughs> tap into that fan base. So what happens? The Dallas Cowboys lose, right? And then it's the following day, and then Skip Bayless comes in, and usually he has a lead-in and a monologue where he kind of preps the audience for the show. And in, in this monologue, he starts going off on the Dallas Cowboys. And in the middle of it, he then brings in Micah Parsons, and starts taking shots at him and disses him all over the place. And I was like, even for me at the time, before I even heard his response, I'm like, God damn, like, bro. So what we want to do is want to play exactly what Skip Bayless had to say about Micah Parsons. Uh, and then we want to come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to what he had to say there. Yeah, yeah easy for you to say, Wayne. It's a great morning for you because you sat right here at this desk on Friday. And you all but guaranteed your Packers would win easily at my Cowboys. And you were so right. And I was so wrong to even remotely trust Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott as seven and a half point favorites at Jerry World, where they had only won 16 straight games. Yesterday, the Dallas Cowboys got exposed as gutless, heartless, leaderless playoff frauds. Fraud, frauds. That was by far the most shocking and devastating and humiliating playoff loss in Dallas Cowboy history. My lowest moment ever as a lifelong diehard Cowboy fan. Not your typical fall on your face. This was all time, all time. <sighs> I threw all my cowboy gear in the trash last night, and it will stay there. Mike McCarthy has to go today. His replacement has to be, to me, Jim Harbaugh, not Bill Belichick. We'll get into that in just a few minutes. And there is no way Dak Prescott deserves a big contract extension now, not after throwing two first-half interceptions, one a pick six, that led to Green Bay 27 to nothing before halftime, before halftime. Not after Dak Prescott got into it early with CD and somehow made him mad. I didn't see that coming. Jordan Love is so much better than Dak. I'd love to see if Trey Lance can turn into Jordan Love. Now, would you believe I hope defensive coordinator Dan Quinn gets a head coaching job? Now I'm not so sure he will because how do you sell 27 to nothing? How do you sell 48 to 16 with six minutes left in the game? Micah Parsons, he's so overrated. He had the worst pass rush game of his entire career yesterday. Only one pressure, zero sacks, zero tackles for loss, one solo tackle and one assist. Are, are you kidding me? January 14, 2024. A day that will live in cowboy infamy. 
So you heard what he had to say. Well, apparently Micah Parsons uh, caught a whiff of his comments and he took to Twitter to respond to Skip Bayless. And he had the following uh, response to him. Um, uh, he, he, said, he said, you just hate, you just a hating ass mofo who mad I ain't want to do your show. Where was all of this when you were on my nuts wanting me to come on your show every Tuesday? You lame as you know what, Skip, real what, blah, bleep. Fake ass cowboy fan. So Micah Parsons was pretty, pretty uh, upset with Skip Bayless for what he had to say. What are my thoughts on this? Well, Skip Bayless is a Dallas Cowboy fan, right? And I think that he reacted in a way most fans react. I follow the Lakers because uh, we produce basketball concert, you're going to talk about the Lakers inevitably. And I see how Laker fans react when the team does well and when the team loses, fire the coach, trade this guy, trade that guy. Um, in the case of the NFL, when you're playing in the playoffs, you only, I mean, is you know, uh, what is it? One win, one loss, so you're out, in or out, whatever. Um, I'm assuming the emotions are escalated in a situation like that, and you're going to have a lot of fans with emotions that are running high, uh, and I think that's exactly what we saw in the case of Skip Bayless. I think if the Dallas Cowboys had gone out there and won uh, and performed really well and Micah Parsons played very well, he was going to be heaping a whole bunch of praise on him. But that's not what happened. They lost. Uh, and Skip Bayless did what a fan would do. Now, let's get to the personal side of it, uh, to the part where Micah Parsons was talking about, you wanted me on your show, and then just because I didn't come on your I can understand what he's talking about because I think that Micah Parsons is used to the criticism. I think... He can expect that to a certain degree from fans. But in the case of Skip Bayless, he's like, bro, you wanted me on your show. You wanted me on your show. And now all of a sudden you're trashing me. And I think that the reason Skip did it was because it was good content. It was good content. So Skip wasn't thinking about the fact that he invited you on his show. He was just thinking about what's the best intro to my show. And then if it's going to be at your expense, so be it. And that's exactly what I think it is. Skip thrives off of that. And as a matter of fact, it's controversy. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't be surprised if he talks about it because he thrives off of stuff like that, right? And I think Micah Parsons thought that, oh, well, you know, they built a rapport, you know, off air because you invited me to your show. And he found out the hard way, like, nah, buddy, you did it. It's all business. We're not friends here. Uh, don't expect us to be friendly. Uh, Skip has done this before, and no one should really be surprised. Is it foul? Yes, but it's par for the course, man. This is what happens when you invest in these people and think. I mean, like, of course. I mean, look what he did to Shannon Sharp on his show. So who who are you? And that's somebody that actually generates money. Like that's his coworker. So if he did that to Shannon Sharp, who was somebody that was working on his show to make money, and they actually worked together to make money, who are you? So I wouldn't take it personal. Par for the course. Thank you for listening to today's show. And don't forget to let us know what you think about today's show on iTunes or any of your favorite podcasting platforms.